Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Let's roll. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. d here, joined by Marty Party, Little Cheesecake, and the Doc tonight. Another Wednesday evening of baseball, but we've got postseason baseball going on right now. I think we're all of us two and two in the first round with our three and four, three for four, David. Don't don't lump in uh, me with you. you. I'm winning. You got one right or one wrong in the first round. Props to you, Doc. And it's the one I bet on, damn it. <laughs> but uh, any surprises from you guys? Marty Party, any surprises so far from the MLB playoffs? Um, I was very happy that the Padres won, but honestly, I did not expect that. I just didn't. Yeah. DeGrom, yeah. Scherzer, Bassett. I expected I expected more. I know DeGrom did pretty well, but man, Scherzer getting lit up. And then just the Padres doing their thing, man. They... Uh, who, who would have thought if you got Juan Soto on your team, you know, you're actually doing pretty well. Not, not too bad. What did you think of Eargate? Did Joe Musgrove cheat? No, absolutely not. And Eno Saris did a really good job breaking that down. Yes, his velocity or his spin rate was up, but so was his velocity. And they were, if those two go up at the same time with the same amount of rate, that's all it is. It's just extra adrenaline. It's not like his spin rate was through the roof and he was throwing just as fast as he usually does. So those things go hand in hand. His ear did look a little Vaseline-y, but, yeah, you know, he was sweating balls out there. <laughs> he was, he was. We got Jasper in the house tonight. Jasper. What's going on, Jasper? Hanging out with Marty, you. I love that Vaseline-y. Vaseline. <laughs> um, Elsie, what about mm-hmm. you? I know the Cubs aren't in it, but it's pretty surprising your rival Cardinals got knocked out in the first round. No, man, I called that. I called that. That's not surprising to me. Yeah, you go ahead. You own that, Elsie. I called that. I called that. That's one of my two series wins that I have so far. And that's the one that Doc Bet and you guys, you guys, you know, are going to lump a lot of, of, of crap on me for, for Lucas Giolito this episode. At least the Cardinals. <laughs> at least you guys yeah, are wrong about the damn Cardinals. <laughs> Take your victory laughs. No, I like it. Uh, and Doc, you uh, three for four, and I have to say, I feel like uh, you called the Mariners. I think you were the only one to call the Mariners. Had to be super disappointing to see them blow an eight-five lead in the ninth inning. Did they make the right call going to Robbie Ray in the ninth? I think so. Like we're playing the results game now, and it's like we're talking about Robbie Ray, but like Jordan Alvarez is just a great hitter. Like. They could have done it with Seawald and it would have been the same result. And then it's, why didn't you put in a lefty lefty? Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. I was looking at this today. Jasper said, looking forward to a good offseason attempt at football. He's been, Jasper's been hanging out in the football shows every week. So he's been awesome with that. And I know Jasper is a baseball guy first. So it's cool to have him in here. And then Albert, our buddy, always here. Uh, evening and someone's dog is barking Who's that would be a uh, cocoa puff always trying to make a nice appearance thank you cuckoo she's, she's going cuckoo for cocoa puffs um i think it was so i looked at the mariners bullpen and you're right they wanted to go lefty on lefty do you realize who the one other lefty they have in their bullpen and, and on the uh, postseason roster swanson's a righty right uh i don't even know if swanson's on the team i can tell you who it is though it is matthew boyd 
Oh, he's the only other lefty they have on the team. Not not just a reliever, like a starter as well. Like there is only one other lefty than Robbie Ray, and that's Matthew Boyd. So that is why he put Robbie Ray in, in the ninth because he was the only other lefty he had to face uh, lefty and Jordan Alvarez. So I guess that's kind of paints a picture to why that was the case, but it, it was very interesting. I'd rather lose with Robbie Ray than win with Matthew Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, Turner and Schwartz in the house. Dude, you helped me get a championship this year, bro. I, hey, man, let's go. Championship, man. I got to put, I wish I had my music up. I'd play you a champion song here. Uh, but that's all your hard work, man. I'm glad to, uh, that you secured a title this year and hopefully we can run it back again next season. Uh, but we are going to be looking back at, at this year and how it went for us. We've got our hits and misses show. So, I took the time to put together a nice little graphic of uh, just to remind the two on the right side of the screen, uh, a player that they might have liked this year, Lucas Giolito, <laughs> and having him uh, taken over Sadie Alcantara. It's one of the run- best running jokes so far this season on the show. This has come up in multiple shows, so it's, it's all of a good time. But um, we're going to definitely go because we all hit on some guys and we all missed on some guys. I think it's important to start positive. I think you put your best foot forward. So let's be positive first. Let's kick things off with Marty Party. Give us a player that you hit on this season and just a little bit of your process. Yeah, so do you want to start? Um, are we starting, starting with pitchers or hitters? Let's go with the hitters first. All right. So Mr. C.J. Crone. So um, I loved what I saw from him You know, in his Angels days. We, we knew he can hit the ball incredibly hard. Um, and going into, you know, going into Colorado, you know, and that, uh, that park, I just knew something great was going to happen for the guy. So he ended up with 29 homers, 102 RBIs with a 257 batting average. I know I was talking to Doc in the offseason. He was worried about, you know, how many games he could play and he stayed relatively healthy throughout the entire season. So, um, he finished as the 71st, um, player overall in five by five category leagues, uh, according to Yahoo's algorithm. The twelfth uh, first baseman off the board, and uh, that's I got him like as like the fifteenth. So um, yeah, CJ did absolutely incredible. Um, he obviously he slowed down a little bit at the end of the season, but um, for where I got him, hitting twenty nine bombs, betting two fifty seven again, the hundred and two RBIs is absolutely beautiful. I'm uh, very happy with that. Yeah, he kind of I I know uh, some people liked him as kind of as a later value first baseman. He did slow down a little bit as the season went on, but the cumulative statistics are you can really see what he did in Colorado. And he's somebody that if you kind of slept on the position, you grabbed him late, you were definitely happy at the results. So good call there from Marty Party. Can I do, cheese- are we doing two at once or just one? How many hitters you got? Well, I just want Hunter Renfro. Go ahead. Yeah, go, go talk about Hunter Renfro. I was touting Hunter Renfro all throughout the offseason. And I... I mean, what he did in Boston, everyone just kind of forgot about him. And going over to Milwaukee in that park, you know, things were really good things were going to happen. He had 29 home runs as well, batted 255 with 72 RBIs. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, sneaky, sneaky good, sneaky good power there. Yeah, Hunter Renfro, a home run. Obviously, you knew you were going to get the home runs. He got a lot of playing time. And definitely in Roto Leagues, if you needed that later power, he provided it and then some. So good call there as well. A little cheesecake. We make fun of you on the misses, but let's talk about some hits and let's talk about some bats that you were big on that you uh, succeeded regardless of position. One one guy who I'm really proud of is I was pushing Dansby Swanson at his mm-hmm. draft price. I thought that was a fantastic value. I did not 
expect him to put in the fantastic season he did, but I did think that his draft price was very good for what I expected he was going to give you, give us. Um, also, I, I mean, I also was high on Semyon, so I felt like shortstops, I was pretty good. Um, so, but, so that was two guys who I thought were really, uh, uh, good at, good picks at their draft price. And then I also thought I did pretty good on late first baseman. Rowdy Telez was a guy I was touting, ended up with 34 home runs, only about 220, 219 batting average, but still that 34 home runs coming in past pick 300. Uh, in a season start for power, I thought Telez was a real good hit for late power. Telez, I think, was one of the better calls because I, I know not people talked about him. And that was one someone I always associated with you because I know you've talked about him multiple times across different shows. So he was somebody that really filled in nicely. He'd be somebody that I wouldn't be surprised to hit 40 home runs in a season at some point. I think he's got that kind of pop in him. So. Yeah, I think yeah, and he always lives with a high barrel rate. He you know, so he he hits the ball in the in the in the sweet spot for home runs for power and uh it's a pretty good stadium for power too. So um so he was able to put together a good season even though power was down and and uh exceeded actually my expectations. I on the show I said 25 to 30 he was going to hit ended up with 34 home runs. Perfect. Yeah. I'll or um sorry uh you're uh what I'm looking on the uh, the name here. Um, goodness gracious, Rowdy Teles. Thank you, Rowdy Teles. Mm-hmm. Yes, a, a great later value first baseman pick as well. Doc, give us some bats. Who are who are some bats that you hit on and made the call in the preseason here? I mean, it's a guy I was touting for years, and it was Nolan Arenado. I got him in the fourth round last year, sixth and seventh round in a fifteen team league. Mm-hmm. He's He's as consistent as it gets. Now, obviously, last year, there was a dip in batting average. Still had 34 homers, 100 RBIs. I mean, you can pencil him in for 30 and 100 every season. But I think, obviously, being in a trade, a new environment, sometimes that first year is a little bit tough. Up the average to 293. Up this walk percentage from 77 to 8.4%. Cut the K rate down from 14.7 to 11.6, which is the second lowest of his career. He even gave you some five stolen bases as well, which is more than I thought. But just consistent year in, year out, um, and great value where he got him this year. And then Nathaniel Lowe. He started off a little bit slow, but good value towards the end. I think the Texas offense in general kind of started stagnant. Um, Mm -hmm. Martin mentioned Simeon, and he did as well. But Lowe finished out the year pretty strong, especially where you got him probably in the, you know, 15 to 18 round. you know, gave you a decent walk percentage, finished the year 27 homers, 76 RBIs. Good value for a first baseman. Yeah, agreed. And eight low was somebody that I think is going to be maybe a top six or seven round pick next year. The way yeah. he finished, he's, he looks really, really good. Uh, my first hit, I'll talk about Alejandro Kirk, who was the catcher I tried to grab the most of outside of, of, um, Oh my goodness. It's already like two weeks out of the season and I'm like uh having to just uh get myself back with names. Goodness gracious, uh so much football. What's um MJ Melendez, thank you. MJ Melendez was the guy that I had the most of of any player this draft season. It was kind of mixed results for that. But the other player at the catcher position I grabbed a lot of was Alejandro Kirk, who in the right before the season on March thirty first 
He was the 11th catcher going on NFBC after pick 100. According to the Rasball player rater, he finished as the fifth highest catcher at player 108. Now, going into the season, one of the reasons I liked him was he was one of two catchers, had an under 15% K rate with a minimum of 150 at-bats, a walk percentage of greater than 10, 20-plus home run power if healthy, and he's going to obviously be able to get time at DH, so he'll be able to accumulate some at-bats. And when the season was all said and done, he played in 141 games, had 18 home runs, so he did miss um, he did miss the home run mark just a little bit. Or no, wait, I'm sorry, I might be looking at the wrong home. Wait a second. He had, I'm sorry, 14 home runs. So he definitely, the power wasn't there quite as much as I was hoping in 139 games, but he did have 63 RBIs and had a higher walk than K rate, an 11.6% walk to 10.7% K rate, one of the lowest K rates in all of baseball, still had a 130 ISO and ultimately was one of the better hitting catchers out there. So uh, Alejandro Kirk was definitely somebody I loved getting that type of value on for sure. And, uh, Kirk is a Jazzer said Kirk is my guy too. And down the farm, one of the best prospect minds out there, he said Kirk is a beast. Agree. Yeah, Kirk is a monster. The other guy, I, I will try to keep this to under two minutes. Bobby, wait, you wait, 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 wait. St- I have a stopwatch. <laughs> yeah, tell me when to start. Tell me when to start. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Go. So I would like to take you guys back into the offseason. We're talking about February and March. And I put statements out there on Twitter that said Bobby Witt Jr. was going to be a top 50 player. I had many people, many of people mock me, uh, said, David, you're crazy. David, his strikeout rate, uh, what he did in the minor, he's going to take him long to adjust. He's not going to finish as a top 50 player. Well, everybody, all the nayers, all the naysayers, I have news for you. According to the Rasball Player Raider, Bobby Witt Jr., you guys know where he finished. I'll save you. I'll save you the suspense. I will save you the suspense. He finished as the 24th player on the Rasball Player Raider. 30 stolen bases, 20 home runs. This kid has it all, and he's only going to get better. This is probably somebody that's going to be, I would guess, at the worst, a third round pick. I would expect him Mm -hmm. to probably go in the second round and drafts next year. This was a guy I was, I was eating him up in the second and third, or I'm sorry, another second minute, and third. I was eating him up in like the fifth and the sixth rounds this year. And it was so tasty. And I loved having him on so many of my teams. Oh my God, you guys were sleeping on Bobby Witt so much. And I'm going to take that victory lap until I can't breathe anymore. And I'm just so, so happy that Bobby Witt is now able to the world to see how great of a player he is. And I'm just so, so incredibly happy that you guys could all bask in the glory that is Bobby Witt Jr., the Patrick Mahomes of baseball. He is there coming, is. ladies and gentlemen. He is coming. And just you be ready because this is just the beginning. Go ahead. I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I was setting up the Patrick Mahomes. I was setting up the Patrick Mahomes joke. If you hadn't said it, you kind of, I was, I was, it was going to be a beautiful joke. And then you just stole all the thunder out of it. I was just I like, to. I was, I was just like, some are saying he's the Patrick Mahomes. If only it turns out though, <laughs> if only uh, if he could have won the, and we don't know yet, but he's not going to win Rookie of the Year. And I put twenty five dollars on him to win Rookie of the Year. So, oh, man. I where mean, are my flowers? That's it's why kind you of bet funny. On Julio Rodriguez, Martin. Julio Rodriguez is becoming the Patrick Mahomes of the NFL or the of Major League Baseball of the right postseason. Now. Yeah, I mean he's he's like the the newest like it guy for sure. 
Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. I think is getting overshadowed by that, but he he shouldn't be like in a whole like separate tier. I think it's like right now Julio, Bobby Witt, like they're they should be closer than I think they're how like the like how they're being marketed right now by like fantasy baseball and all that type of stuff. So uh, two great young players that I'm I'm excited to watch. And Adley Rushman finished out the year really well too. He's another guy that's that's uh, not going to get love on this episode, but he really looked good and started settling in. Um, Let's talk about some hit or misses and players we maybe didn't get right in that area. And let's start with you, Time Little Cheesecake. Who is a hitter, a couple hitters, if you have some, that you just missed the mark on? Sure. Um, one of the hitters that I just missed the mark on was Tommy Edmond this offseason. I, um, I wasn't exactly wrong about what I said about him, but he he managed to accumulate a really good season and put together – Pretty much people were hoping they were getting from him. Hit 260, 13 home runs, 31 steals, scored 93 runs. Really, really was a valuable player at second base. I, I just did not see him coming through. Uh, uh, I thought that he was going to move down in the batting order. He did. I thought it was going to affect his steals. It didn't really. I didn't think he had real power. He doesn't have a ton of power, but 13 home runs. So he's not, he's just not, he's not a rabbit, you know, I, so this was a guy I, I was just way off on. Um, and I, so I did not see that coming. Um, I also, um, I also was off of, um, a few of, uh, of Anthony Rizzo this year and Rizzo, uh, I will say this, if he's, I said on the show, if he sells out for power, then he's got to, he'll have a second life in his career. So he was listening clearly because that's what he, he did. Was. He, he was listening. He heard me. My cry for help said, Anthony, I love you. Sell out for power. And that's what he did. But I was off of him and I was wrong. 32 home runs. Lawyer. <laughs> there <laughs> hey, you go. Hey, do as I say, not as I do uh, in that <laughs> respect. In that respect. Rizzo listened to me and he, he, Really put in a really strong season, 32 home runs, 152 runs plus RBIs. Yeah, Rizzo definitely, he's kind of looks like he's going like the Joey Votto type of of deal. Selling out for power, going to lose some of the other stuff that made him the hitter he was before. Uh, Turner says, I traded Taylor Ward and Merrill Cowry for Luis Robert about a month into the season, and that ended up being a huge miss. I have to say, though, I think we all would have said smash that, I'm sure, at that time, too, so it's just one of those unfortunate things that didn't work out, but that's the right mindset turn. I think like those are the type of moves that usually work out uh, better than not. And you still want a championship out of it. So definitely not, uh, not too bad there. Sorry. I can't trade for Luis and Eloy Jimenez known as the day-to-day brothers. Yeah. But I heard a rumor that they're not bringing back Jose Abreu and they're going to move Andrew Vaughn to first and they're going to let Eloy DH, which would be huge because he always gets hurts playing defense. So if he's not playing defense anymore, That's like true. if if I hear he's going to be the full time DH, I will be drafting a lot of Eli next year. That's true. Doc, talk about some misses. All right. So the biggest one that I have to take a huge L on is Whit Merrifield, and mm-hmm. part of the process that I had behind this was he's an accumulator, hasn't missed a game in the last three seasons. So barring injury, that you are going to get the the uh, counting stats with there. But he just didn't have it this year, whether it was power, whether it was batting average, whether it was stolen bases. I mean, he looked awful. Even getting traded to Toronto, he was platooning with Santiago Espinal, um, didn't 
lock into an everyday role. I mean, finished out the season, 11 homers, 58 RBI, 16 steals. So he he salvaged it a little bit, but I mean, he was a second, third round pick. And uh, so the process I think of, of going for a guy that's going to give you the most plate appearances, but maybe not the best stats was a little bit misleading on my part. Then a couple of people I took an L on for injury wise. Um, I took Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant, uh, as the tea leaves had indicated that he was going to sign maybe with Colorado. And I know he only played a limited amount of time because of injury, but even then his hard hit percentage, barrel percentage down from last year, that's not what you expected him coming out of Colorado. Um, and especially with plantar fasciitis, you hope it's not, it's not something that lingers. And then just Anthony Rendon. I, I liked him at the draft price this mm-hmm. year, but I don't think I can draft him anymore. I just can't stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he came back at the very end of the season, but I think he's somebody that's going to wear keep people wary of drafting with how just injured he's been, along with a lot of under, other Angel players as well. And down the farm says, with Jose leaving to go get Oscar Colas. That's right, yeah. Uh, one of the best young White Sox prospects. Uh, do you think... I mean, I guess he probably will get some time next year, but I don't think he would start out the year, but he's somebody that could definitely be called up next year. We talked about him on the call, but I believe down the farm, I think we talked about that with you in that episode, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he, yeah, he's a great young player there in the Chicago White Sox organization. Two players, and I know I've definitely missed on some more. I'm just trying to going off of uh, from what I remember. I was big on three bats in the beginning of drafts. Pete Alonso and Jordan Alvarez and Teoscar Hernandez. And Teoscar Hernandez did not work out the way that he we hoped he was going to. Finished the year with 25 home runs, 77 RBI, 6 steals. While that's not a bad season, that is not anywhere near what we were expecting for a guy the year before that had 32 home runs, 116 RBIs, and looked like and a 296 batting average. Uh, this looked like the next big slugger. And he really didn't even, I believe it, he actually had uh, a lot of accumulation over the last few games. I'm, I'm going back to his game log because I think he finished out the year to actually make it look a lot better than it did. Um, I'm looking, let's see, home runs. So over his last, he had three home runs in his last four games. So, I mean, keep in mind that, I mean, that could have even been down to barely over 20 home runs. Uh, this is just a guy hugely disappointed in that stack lineup. And the other guy that I really missed out on, Cattell Marte, who I drafted in a lot of leagues, he's the guy that you always get tempted from that 2020 season. And it just seems like he just can't hit for power anymore. I don't know what it is. Because um, you look at his data, and it's it looks like he should be a lot better than he is, but he's not. And this has been a lot more of a track record of him underwhelming than overwhelming. And I think I, I'm definitely taking a step back on trying to draft him next year, even in like points leagues where usually he's a little bit more valuable. I don't know what to do with Cattell Marte next year. He's definitely tricky. And um, Jasper says Montgomery. Uh, so Jordan, I'm assuming he means Jordan Montgomery. No, I'm trying to think. Jordan Montgomery? Yeah, I mean, Joe Mon- We're talking about hitting. David Montgomery, Mike Montgomery, Montgomery, Alabama. Montgomery, I guess it's if you. Montgomery Midwest. County, where David Park and I Sword. grew up. Now, I'm, I'm guessing he. I'm guessing, it must be um, Jordan Montgomery. As, um, He's um, ready to talk about the pitchers we, right. we, it's, we it's hit a, on. 
Jasper's uh, Jasper's ready to jump the gun here. So let's go let's talk about some pictures. Let's start with you, Doc. No, 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 no. We we gotta wait, wait. go to Marty to hear his his misses. Yeah, man, you gotta hear my misses. Oh, I did Mine miss Marty. Be... Marty, tell us. A... No, yeah, that's your biggest miss. David is missing me on this segment. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's right. Juan, so we had to start off with Juan Soto. So I touted him as the best outfielder of the first in the first ten picks or of the top ten outfielder ranks. I mean, mm-hmm. I took him in. Um, I took him fourth over overall in Glarf. He had 27 home runs, so that's obviously not going to kill you. 93 runs, which is good. Only 62 RBIs, and he batted 242. So for a first-round pick, that's pretty brutal. So got to start off with Juan Soto. Uh, number two is going to be Cabrian Hayes, who I touted all year. And not that I'm off for him for next year, but I'm going to be I'm going to have to curb my expectations for him because he finished the good news with Cabrian. He's got your 20 stolen bases from the third base position, so you got to love that. Everything else was pretty brutal, though. Seven home runs, not even, so he couldn't even get you the double digits. I was hoping he'd get at least 15. Uh, 55 runs and uh, batting yeah. 244. So, you know, um, and only 41 RBI. So, Brian Hayes. And then lastly, my favorite pick that was um, uh, like over, like for third base, that was the 30th third baseman or more was Mike Moustakis. I thought Mike, I thought Mustakas would have a bounce back year. I was terribly wrong. We are the same age, so I know he's not too old, but he only, he only had seven home runs, 25 RBI, 30 runs, and he batted 214. I think it's over for the Moose, guys. I just think, um, I think it is time to take the Moose yeah. out back. So, blindfold him first. <laughs> you didn't make that joke I was going to. Blindfold <laughs> him first. Fair. Yeah. Uh, the Moose looks cooked. At this yeah. point, it, it is uh, no longer moose season out there. Uh, down for us, if Colas had been very good spring training, he could break camp. Zach's been very aggressive with him. And Turner says pitcher hits Cesar and Eric Lauer. Eric Lauer is another interesting one. He's kind of had uh, up and down. Uh, oh, he meant Cease. Cease, yes. Uh, Cease is a beast. And he says pitcher misses Giolito and Clevenger. Yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about Giolito in a, in a second here. So. <laughs> It's a good free loop. Um, let's talk about pitcher hits. And let's go to Doc first. Let's talk about who you touted and who performed. All right. Well, you already know you and I liked Sandy, but I have to say in our home league, I took Giolito over Sandy because wins are plus five and losses are minus five. So I thought Sandy would be coming with an eight and 15 season and Giolito would have a 15 and eight. Um, so that that's I have to own up to that. But my two hits are for back-end Astros pitchers. And I was touting Jose Arquiti a lot. And at the beginning of the season, it did not look good. Um, I was really worried. The command wasn't there. He wasn't getting a lot of swing and miss stuff. But he ended up really turning it around. Art scooped him up in our home league. But he threw 164.1 innings, which is by far a career high. Threw 107 last year. Um, Really lowered his home runs per nine. Much better with his uh, with his K percentage as well. Got a lot of wins. I think a little bit rocky to begin the season, but the Astros just have something with their pitching, kind of like Cleveland, um, where they're just really, really solid about it. But yeah, he was able to turn it around. I mean, five nine ERA the first month, but then three nine one, three six eight, two seven three, three one three. So that's my first hit, and then the second one is Framber Valdez. I mean, talk about quality starts. 
And I just like the value where you got the Astros this year. I thought Verlander was getting drafted a little bit too high. So I guess that's kind of a miss, but um, he gave you what? 26 consecutive quality starts. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually there at the game that the Orioles ended it. Um, but somebody that you just felt good day in, day out, starting finished as the SP 10 overall 17 and six, two, seven, seven ERA, 194 Ks. Good season for Fromber. Yeah. Fromber very much could have been a Cy Young this year. Uh, if not for Shane McClanahan, Dylan Cease, Manoa and Verlander all pitching really well. Like he kind of was below those guys, but could have been in the conversation, uh, with just how good he was this season. The, uh, and then turns outside the rough stretch in June. Lauer was so solid. Yeah. He really was. He was, what was the, what did he call it? The, um, his fastball. It was the, um, Oh my god, he had a funny name for it. Like I think it was the Zoom Ball or something like that. But it was a cool name. Marty, talk to us about your pitcher hits. I most certainly will. And I'm always very honest with our listeners. And I'm gonna be very honest. My pitching, this is the worst year of pitching that I've ever had. My hit my offense was great. You know, we did really well on offense. So I don't have too many hits here on pitchers. I'm going to be honest. I'm gonna, I want to go last on misses on pitching because I just have an encyclopedia. I can just go through very quickly. But um, what the one I really hit on that did really well was that gallon. So yeah. ADP of 153 going into the year. He finished over the 21st player overall in Yahoo Leagues. And he finished as the sixth best pitcher. Um, and he was the 47th starting pitcher off the board. So, I mean, he was just gallon was absolutely incredible you know and I, what i i was concerned about his innings you know getting over 160 but he got all the way up to 184 with a 2.54 era he had 192 strikeouts and a 0.91 whip he's more of the zach allen who we thought going in 2019 and 2020 so he's fully back and um you know I, that's uh i mean max freed but freed went 24th overall pitcher and he i don't know he did he did well i that's it. I'll leave it at gallon. I don't really have that many hits. I'm not going to lie, guys. <laughs> I should have uh, I should have pulled up a compilation of Marty's two star pitchers over the year and just no, came out with a list. My two star pitchers actually pitches. did pretty well. That was that's fine. It was the starting pitchers going into the yeah. year. I just I just you know I fudged it up. You know, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you, we have to make calls in the beginning of the season based off of what we saw last season, things we hear about in spring training, changes that are being worked on. So it's, you're not going to always hit on guys. And some years you are, you are better than not at certain positions. So I get it. Well, usually I like, I love just overall looking into hitting more. That's just like more of like what I like to do. So this mm-hmm. year doing the two star pitching article and doc, you did an amazing job um, questioning me going at me because that made me even a better player. Honestly, it did because I spent so much time looking at pitchers this year that for next year, I feel like I'm like extremely ready for it where the coming into last year, I was just like, you know, and I'll go through my misses, but they were like, you know, people use just Walker Bueller. Cause I was lazy with my pitching. I was like, I'll just invest in pitching early. That way I don't have to worry about it. But even if you do that, it's risky business. Cause the third, fourth, fifth, sixth starting pitcher, next thing you know, you got Patrick Corbin on your team. And we all know yeah. what happened there. So. Patrick Corbus. That's for sure. The so Boy, I have yes. a green light to critique your two star pitching next year. If I do two star pitchers, absolutely. 
Okay. All right. Keeping the same segments, David. <laughs> All right. Uh, just we'll keep just that one. Just. Hold on. I didn't have the green light shit or stuff. <clears throat> <laughs> I had the green light. That's that so much anyway. behind him. <laughs> Marty's gonna punch me when to... he sees me at F Paz. <laughs> like this is for all the two star pitchers you made fun of me of. You know, you like yeah, a big punch. Seven seven months of aggression just came out in one second. I'm sorry for that's you right. uh, driving in your car with your kids in the back. My apologies. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> A little cheesecake. Let's talk about some pitcher hits. Who um who did you call and, and nail this season? Uh well, uh Turner is absolutely right. I was I was in on Lauer early. Uh, I was calling him as a, as a nice late pickup. He he ended up having a very good season. Eleven wins, three point six nine ERA, one hundred fifty seven Ks. The WHIP wasn't amazing, but he was going near pick three hundred. So I thought that that was a, an excellent value. Drew Rasmussen was another guy. Who, who I really liked coming into the season. I thought that Tampa Bay did a really, used him very well and he flourished in his role as a starter towards the end of, uh, towards the end of 2021. So I thought he was a good bet for the 2022 season. Um, and he, he delivered. He ended up with throwing 146 innings pitched, 2.84 ERA and a 1.04 whip. So Rasmussen was a real big hit for me and I was very excited about that one as well. Um, I also, I also was touting you, Darvish, uh, someone who had slipped in the, in the sort of ace rankings. He was going around pick 90 to 100, you know, close to pitcher 30, I think, or, or, or I can't exactly remember. And Darvish ended up being an absolute ace, 0.95 whip, 16 wins. 197 Ks in a 3.10 ERA. I was really excited about that. I thought that, uh, Darvish had, 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 had a little bit of bad luck. And I also just c- counted on him having that good whip and the good Ks. And I thought that that was a good bet. And if a little bit of luck went his way, then, then the season that he put in would, would be what happened. I thought, I thought he had a very good year. And I thought that, you know, at the very least, you were getting a lot of Ks. And a very good whip from him. So, uh, so Darvish, Rasmussen, and Lauer were three guys who I, I really liked and was telling people to draft. Yeah, uh, great calls there from Elsie. You've been a U Darvish guy, I think, for a while. I feel like that's someone you've been on multiple seasons. So it definitely, when he's on, he's definitely somebody you got to make sure you have. The Rasmussen call, though, dude, that's incredible. Yeah, I think. I can't- that's Phil, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was Phil Dussault's guy this year, too. And again, this is not like you'd listen to because I think he, Phil Dussault didn't announce that until the season started. Mm-hmm. That that was the picture. He, he got him on. He spent like 80 percent of his fab on him. Yeah, like that. He was like, that's the guy I wanted uh, this year. So like, Elsie, you were already on it as well. So like that's maybe a, a robot listen to art. That's what it sounds Could like. Be. Hey, Could you know, it's an ecosystem. Everyone's talking. Voices are all combined, so everyone gets smarter. That's why it's so hard all the time now. Everyone's giving good advice. Yeah. So Rizzo and Phil Dusso listen to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The the one pitcher I'll talk about that I hit on, because there were three pit only really three pitchers I touted as guys I wanted to try to leave every draft with. You know, I drafted a lot of Justin Verlander, because early in draft season, like, the potential bounce back he could show was so worth the price. Uh, of course, I have a lot of Dylan Cease. I even drafted some Shane McClanahan, some Manoa here and there. So like those guys are like, everybody talks about those guys. But the one guy I really hit on that I talked about a lot 
that I didn't hear too many other places was Christian Javier. And same problems that he had the year before in terms of just gives up a ton of fly balls. That's He's a fly ball pitcher, and it, it already shows in his data. Had a 27% ground ball rate. Keep in mind, the major league average is about 45%. It was It's the worst of his career. Fly ball rate, 38.7%. The worst of his career. Major league average is around 23%. When he keeps the ball in the ballpark, you had a guy that had uh, 194 strikeouts and 148.2 innings pitched. So he almost gave you 150 innings this year of a 2.54 ERA. Started 25 games. And the K percentage of 33.2% was top 6% of all of baseball. The walk rate down to under 9%. And that was something that he worked on in the bullpen when he was converted last season. When uh, the pitching coach, uh, Brett Strom, worked on his pitching delivery and allowed him to be able to slow his pitching down and not just overthrow it. He allowed him to slow it down and be able to throw more strikes. And that really, I think, helped him get a lot more strikeouts this year. So Christian Javier... You know what he is. He's going to give up fly balls. That's going to be a bugaboo for him. But the strikeouts, the innings that I think he could fetch even now into next season, take another leap in innings. Very good arm for that Houston Astros rotation. It should be locked in for next year. David, I want to give you credit on this too. I don't know about Yahoo, but ESPN, he was relief pitcher, starting pitcher eligible. Mm-hmm. So someone that was giving you starter innings that you could put in the re- relief slot, which is valuable in its own sense. Yeah, a great points league player, like you said, for sure, in that reason. And Jasper says Baz in, in 2023. Yeah, that, I mean, he is, he didn't have Tommy John, right? I'm thinking of somebody else. I thought he did. Let me see. Glass uh, now he, came back from it. He had, he had elbow issue, but he didn't have Tommy John. I thought Shane, Shane, Shane Baz might have had Tommy it. John surgery, yeah, so I didn't uh, think he was pitching he, next He's going to miss 2023. Yeah, oh. that's... That's going to be uh, Jasper. I that can be your miss for 2023, right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's tough. Let's talk about the pitcher misses, and, and as promised, Marty will go last here. So we'll start off with a little cheesecake, and you can talk about your pitcher misses for us. Oh, oh boy, <clears throat> where do we start here? Where do we start here? The first, <laughs> the first miss. Uh, I was, I was all in on Freddie Peralta um, injuries derailed him but he was he was not as effective as he had been but it was mostly injuries and uh you know that's something that you know he he had shown a propensity for injury so so Peralta was someone I was touting and he had slowed down the second half of 21 I said forget about that draft him anyways he's going to be amazing he only threw 78 innings pitched this year and um you know you probably missed a his end of the season stuff if you if you drafted him because he was gone for so long i also suggested um that of the top aces that uh bieber was one i was fading i thought that was a big miss because i thought bieber wasn't gonna be nearly as good as he ended up being he ended up with an under an era under three hundred ninety eight k's 1.04 whip and 13 wins i i i really was uh was into more of of uh, the younger pitchers. Uh, Bieber had Bieber had lost some velocity, and it, he just put in another great season again. Uh, I also was telling uh, people to draft Sean Manaya, and and that looked good for about two months. Um, and after two months, he just fell apart. He fell right apart, and uh, 
and stunk for about three months. So Manaya was someone who I was really touting a lot as like a mid-round uh, solidifier to your staff, and he certainly was not that. If you cut bait on him at the right time, you got some good work, but uh, he really he really put in a long stretch of really bad pitching for this season. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of surprised at Manaya too, because I wasn't like, he wasn't one of my guys, but I thought he was going to do really well with the Padres. And it was shocking how quickly he unraveled. He didn't. I don't think the Padres are even starting him in the postseason. Um, they aren't. Yeah. Like, is he? Did he make the roster? I'm curious if he's not going to be a starter for them. And I mean, I guess he's a lefty, so that would be the only reason I think he would make it because they give him a lefty out of the bullpen. But I mean, again, it wouldn't shock me if you told me he was left off the roster with how he pitched. So he ended the season well, though. He, uh, yeah, he's on he's on the roster. He's one of he one, two, three. They only have five lefties on the whole squad, so he's probably coming out of the bullpen more than Seattle. <laughs> They're two lefties. Uh, all right, Doc, pitching misses. So I'm gonna go two. And the first I missed on Shohei Otani, um, saying that I don't think I didn't think he'd be able to replicate, and that was more from the pitching perspective. Um, slight dip in hitting stats in terms of the power and RBIs. Now, also the Angels offense was extremely injured this season, so I'm not going to hold that against him. But I looked at Otani's pitching stats last year, and he threw 130.1 innings. And that was between, um, or before that, he had thrown 53.1 in 2018 and 2020. So I thought there's absolutely no way that he can throw more without his arm giving out. Well, he threw 166 innings, so 36 more. And he lowered his ERA from 3.18 to 2.33. He lowered his whip from 1.09 to 1.01. I mean, he just looked like a much better pitcher this year. And that's something that I didn't expect for him to see, just in terms of durability and the numbers. So I'm willing to eat that loss. And then Clayton Kershaw as well. I try to fade pitchers when I think that we're going to see a regression in the amount that they're throwing, you know, kind of inversely where I go for a hitter that that stacks plate appearances. I'll avoid pitchers that I think won't give you innings. Kershaw threw 121 innings in 2021, 58 in 2020. So I thought that we were going to see a decrease. I thought we would see in the 100 to 110, but he upped it to 126.1 and he gave up. 12 runs in or 13 runs in his first four games. Remember opening day throws the no hitter through seven. They take him out, but looked rusty his next three starts. And I said, this is the beginning of the end for Kershaw. And what did he do? Finished the season with a 2.28 RA. Just not doubting him anymore. Yeah. But you got to just wonder, uh, he pitched tonight, three earned runs, six K. Well, that, that's playoff Kershaw. He's, no, he's, I, he's, 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 he's normal for that. I, I know. I mean, there's also rumors that he goes to Texas this offseason. He did hint that he's going to pitch another year. And you got to wonder with the Rangers, you know, how he does in a, a different whole situation, too. I think a lot of it's going to depend on draft price, right? Like seeing where he's roughly going and who's around him, who you're comfortable taking in that area, which I can't wait until we get into our drafts uh, this offseason. We do some best balls and just see where people are going in ADP. That's going to be a ton of fun. Um, I'm going to keep mine to two as well. If you heard me talk about Christian Javier, you heard me talk about two other pitchers that I was very much in on. First one, I touted him this year as like my Dylan Cease, who every year I'm going to try to pick one pitcher as 
my number one guy I'm trying to grab and then, you know, a couple other guys. And that was Tanner Houck. And I, I just love, he looked like the lefty Chris Sale, or I should say the righty Chris Sale. And I loved when he used his slider. I mean, his, his numbers with his slider were just absolutely incredible. Um, he had a 297 ERA with under 75.2 innings and 94 strike or 94 strikeouts in those 75.2 innings. And it just seemed like he was the next big guy. Um, he had a 30.5% strikeout rate, 11.35 strikeouts per nine. And he really worked on limiting walks at the end of last season. So you take it into this year and the walks started to catch up to him. He was averaging this year 3.3 walks per nine. That's a huge step up from his 2021. Almost, uh, that's, I think, what is it? About a half a walk more per nine. Home runs per nine went up and, uh, he just didn't look like the same pitcher that I had the had the promise. The ground ball rate, um, everything, just just not what you wanted it to be from him. The ERA reflected, and it got to a point where he wasn't going long into games, and he got moved into the bullpen. And he ended up, for all the Tanner Houck I had, he ended up not being a bad piece because he ended up getting me saves uh, in a year where tie end closers pretty much for the most part were busts. Uh, he was giving me a lot of valuable saves, so it wasn't a completely wasted pick. But Hauk looked like he was going to be able to build to be a six or seven inning pitcher consistently. And he was not even getting most of the time outside four innings. So big miss from me. But one I'm more disappointed on that did not deliver. And I feel like he's going to be talked about a lot next year as well as Aaron Ashby, who had his slider was the second best pitch in baseball, according to just batting averaged against. And he has the tools. He has the low ground ball rate. He has the high strikeout rate. He's got the velocity. He's got a team that knows how to develop good pitching as we've seen it with Woodruff. We've seen it with Burns. We've seen it with Peralta. Look, he was the next guy to do it. And he just completely flopped. Injuries obviously being a part of that. But at the end of the day, a 2-10 record, a 4-4-4 ERA, 19 games started. Did have the 126 strikeouts and 107 innings pitched. But just overall, uh, the the E44 ERA was definitely a 3.75 xERA. So you know he definitely, I think, his numbers don't tell the whole story here. Uh, he's just very was very very frustrating because his numbers all still say he was a really good pitcher. I just don't know what why it didn't all click this season. And he's going to be somebody next year that if the baseball industry starts buying in on him again, it's going to be hard to get him at a discount. He's going to be one of those guys that people are, I think going to be like, uh, who are some breakouts this year? And Aaron Ashby's going to be talked about. And if he starts getting helium, I don't know if I'll buy in as much as I did. Again, he'd be someone I have to make sure he, his cost stays low for me to take that investment. I think. All right. Marty party floor is yours. I know you've got some pain. This is no longer bring out your dead, but I know you have pain. So go ahead and tell us your pitcher misses. Yeah. So I actually just pulled up my MySpace top eight, um, <laughs> which was a great exercise, by the way. Um, so shout out. I had Nolan Arnato on that. I forgot about that episode. That's actually perfect. Yeah. I should have looked at that episode. That's a yeah, good one to pull up. I had Shane Bieber on there. So I'm going to start off with positive. So I had a Bieber, uh, you know, um, so that was one of my hits just for the record. But yeah, let's get into the misses, baby. Everyone, everyone just sit back, relax and enjoy the show. <laughs> We gotta start off with Justin Verlander. I said he, I said coming off the injury, considering his age, the Astros are going to limit him. 
And what did he do? He was basically the best pitcher in baseball. He's winning a Cy Young. He's doing everything that, as a Tigers fan, I watched him do for so long. But I didn't believe in him. And I told you, I, in our pitching preview, I actually told everybody to fade Justin Verlander. So I'm going to take that L off right off the bat. Got to do it. Walker Bueller. That's one of those ones where, you know, it's injury. So did I really miss? I don't know. Anytime his um, his velocity was down all year, he was struggling. And then, you know, we found out that he was injured. Another person in my MySpace top eight, Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton was absolutely brutal. Um, you know, I think he finished with about a mid fours ERA. And we saw him go with his, his spin rates look good, but it's just he he is who he is at this point. You know, coming off that, uh, you know, broken fibula and uh, he just disappointed all year. Lucas Giolito, I don't have to go into it, but man, one of the almost, almost the worst pitcher in baseball. Uh, Tyler Molly. Absolutely brutal. I was big on him. Kyle Hendricks, just terrible. Then he got injured. Eduardo Rodriguez hurt me in any in every single way a pitcher could. And um, Ryu to finish it off. Those are all guys that I went out of my way to tout. This is why my pitching was so brutal all year. It's almost like if I if I said you were my pitching guy, you had a bad year. So I almost should be apologizing to them. Um, but uh, yeah, the. It's just, it was, it was a tough year. I'm glad we have these forums so I can get this all off my chest. And I think tonight I'm going to sleep a little bit better. You know, I think just, you know, a little bit of weight off my shoulders, but uh, I mean, that's just the murderer's row of just horrible, horrible pitching all throughout the year. Kyle Hendricks, Eduardo Rodriguez, like, it's just, so yeah, those are, those are my misses. Or you could say those are my starting staff on nearly all of my teams. (laughs) I have to say, like, there were some definitely I was fading, but some just didn't work out, you know. Which I, ones were you fading? I would love to hear. I, I 100% was not taking Edward. I don't have any Eduardo Rodriguez anywhere. Bless your heart. Yeah, I just felt like he was being a little overrated, and you were like, the, the part You knew about his marital problems, didn't you? Yeah, I had the inside scoop you're on plugged those. in. David's um, the cause of them. <laughs> there there I, mean, I don't know how you took Ryu. Send pictures to his wife. Well, Ryu would be my last pick. Like in, um, I took him in our uh, triple players ball as like their my seventh pitcher, sixth pitcher. So that's fair. He was going him. pretty late. Yeah, he was I going, think. but he was like one of like if you weren't uh, like a top fifty pitcher, he was the one that I was touting. So yeah, I don't really have too many shares of him, but I I can't lie, I I didn't say to not draft him, which is what I should have said. You know, none of us do we even mention the name Kyle Wright at all in any of our episodes this past Probably off season. Not. Like, I feel like we do a good job of at least bringing up a lot of players. Let the majors and wins. I feel like we have to have an episode of, like, who's the next Kyle Wright or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah. somebody that nobody's going to talk about, but's going to blow up, like, yeah. during the season. Could be um, Eduardo Rodriguez next year. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be somebody that, if he does it, it'll be George Kirby. Mm. Oh, that's... Is that uh, is that as out of the blue as uh, uh, not out of the blue. Been, he's been touting him big. It's yeah. not, but we don't have Kyle Wright. They say he's the next real. Shane Bieber because his control is incredible and he can start developing that strikeout stuff. He had like a great deep. second half. Yeah, I, I don't think he's deep enough. I heard um, our buddy Frank Stample. I heard him talk about it the other day. He did a draft and he went Kirby in like a seventh round, something like that, seventh eighth round. So like. He's definitely going early. What, he, do you know uh, how many teams? A 10 team, 12 team? I think he said it was, I want to say it was. It, it's probably yeah, a 12, I, it seems uh, like. Probably. I can't remember. I mean, my guess. Um, 
But I, the, I mean, it'd be interesting just to see because when we do drafts, like someone like Spencer Strider, who yeah. will be in the top four rounds, I would expect, maybe Definitely. doesn't even get out of round yeah. five. Um, like someone like him is going to shoot up. It's going to be very interesting to see where some of these guys settle into that uh, were pretty much almost not drafted, not talked about, and now you're getting them in the first yeah. five rounds yeah. next year. It'll be fun. We'll, well, we'll dig it. Wright was an interesting case. You could have predicted him. You yep. could have you could have seen him coming if you had been looking at the right things. Oh, um, and and, the, and if there was a hey, hey, got, hey, this is a good comment here. Hey, Hayden Wisniewski is next year's Ooh. Kyle Wright. Mm. That's, that's a after, name. That's after a the good Cubs one. after the Cubs sign Aaron Judge and we get Hayden <laughs> Wisniewski. Well, here it is, Kyle Wright. We're gonna we're gonna be back in the back in the playoffs next. We're year. gonna come back one year and be like, who is that WPC? No, no WPC. I want to make sure if Hayden Wisniewski becomes the Kyle Wright, no matter what happens, even if we start looking into his numbers more and he starts going more like across the industry, I need to make sure that you get that recognition because I'm gonna make sure this is, gets clipped on it's October twelfth because that's the first time I've seen that uh, I've seen that name get thrown around in that context. So. That's good. That's a good one. It's Hayden Wisniewski. It's his burner yeah. account. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and uh, uh, Jasper says Molly's going to turn it around. There we go. Thank you, Jasper. I Hopefully, that. yeah. Molly. I mean, Twins invested in him. Gave up a lot of prospects. I held on to him that entire time. He was hurt too, only for him to come back, pitch like what two innings, and then go back mm-hmm. on the IL. He's oh, and he said, uh, "Down on the farm was talking about him a few weeks ago." Mm-hmm. Our, our guy down on the farm is they they do a lot of good work there too. Uh, that'll be a whole episode. I, I think we could have fun and do who's the next, either Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, whatever we decide to uh, talk about a breakout that nobody will tout. Have to dig deep, deep. That'd be cool. Uh, I think that's gonna be it. We're at about near the hour mark. Got through all our hits and misses, everything off our chest, and uh, I think we all feel a lot better for that. So I feel better. That we can now, everything's relieved. We can now look ahead to a new season. It's be fun digging into looking at stuff for next year. And we'll have a lot of fun episodes this offseason, not just reviewing stuff, but looking ahead. You know, division previews, we'll do position previews, we'll do fun, wacky, just unique stuff. You know, triple play fantasy. We're not going to always do the cookie cutter type of content, of course. Uh, anything you guys want the audience to know on the way out of here, we're going to obviously plug a lot of great stuff as the off season goes along here. Uh, but anything go around the horn, anything Marty that want to say before we get on out of here? Uh, Dodgers are going to win the world series. Mm. Is that who you predict in your prediction? show? Yep. Okay. Jasper, appreciate you, man. Great, great having you part of the show. Um, I wanted to congratulate Tom Tambo for winning the triple Mm -hmm. players ball. I'm not sure if we had said it on the show, he he ran away with it at the end. He had a big lead going into the last couple of days. It, it, you knew it was happening. A great guy. We've we've been guests on his show before. He's a great dude, uh, but and he's a great host of his show too. And obviously, winning the triple players ball, a very good fantasy player as well. So check him out. Uh, we're gonna be starting probably in the next couple of weeks. Signups for triple play. Best ball league starting November, early early November. Did you send him the trophy? Everyone wants to know. We'll have to we'll have to do that. I know we'll uh, we'll have to get his information, so we have to get All that right. to, to get sent to him. Art's, gonna, Art's not going to get it. He's going to forget. 
No. No. <laughs> I have his information. I have his information. I I, I don't want to say I have to clean it now. It's been sitting in my cabinet. I got to clean it. Our thought he was going to win this entire time. Yep. It wrenches me to, to to send this out, but it's and I oh also we have to I have to get a nameplate made to put on the trophy for my man. So mm-hmm. that uh, so that it can go after him. Well, we have to make right. sure that it's because that's going to get passed year to year. So we have you, to make sure when we get the that, that like it can be where we have the winner for each year put in. Yeah, we're going to have to do a new nameplate each year. And so we're going to have to also get it back from him after a year. It's a whole thing. We're going to yeah, have to talk about Yeah, because we'll, it'll be a year and then like we'll add like the triple play fund. We'll like pay to have him ship it to whoever wins it the next year. And like all that good stuff, so uh, that that'll be down the road when that time comes. But yeah, we oh, have and to- really quick, uh, Michael Richards shout out for taking yes. the TGM. Yes. yes, that was going to be my uh, my thing. Oh damn it, my bad. No, Michael Richards, go ahead, Doc. Go ahead, Doc. You can. <laughs> uh, shout out Michael Richards winning TGFBI. Hey. I was uh, I would text with him at the end. Uh, don't think I provided that much help. He he used me as a little bit of a moral support and just to vent, but. Really impressive accomplishment, great guy, and glad he's a part of the network, and hopefully it opens some opportunities for him that are very well-deserved. That's right. I mean, writing obviously does a lot of writing for fan tracks, but started doing podcasting with us at Triple Play of the call-up every single week, talk about prospects, and uh, showing he's not just a prospect guy. He can do the real, just fantasy baseball in general. He's and the I Kyle think, Wright of fantasy baseball. Yes. That, I should. That, you got to tell him that. That's That's a good nickname <laughs> for him. And he, I think he's going to give a, the main event a crack potentially because uh, he's going to do a qualifier next year. We were talking about it to get an entry into the main event because I would love to see with his determination what he could do in one of those leagues because he's he's one of those guys that, you know, when he's locked in, he's locked in. So that, congrats to Michael Richards, triple plays. Uh, I'm not going to say own because he wasn't with us for the start, but uh, very proud of him. He's all ours. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and um yeah again just last thing before we get out of here appreciate all you guys that watch the show on youtube or you listen to the podcast every week if you guys don't mind if you're not already subscribed to the channel just please subscribe if you guys are on the podcast feed five star rating reviews all that stuff helps us get seen by more people on the podcast network there so thanks if you do that for us but that will do it for this week we'll have a lot of more fun content planned in the weeks ahead but for doc for a little cheesecake for Marty Party, I'm D. Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys next week.